Any health-related information on the following show provides general information only. Content presented on any show by any host or guest should not be substituted for a doctor's advice. Always consult your physician before beginning any new diet, exercise, or treatment program. to Five to Thrive Live. We are here to help you thrive. I'm Carolyn Gazella, and I co-host Five to Thrive Live with my good friend, Dr. Lise Ulschuler. On this episode, you'll get some practical advice on how to achieve better overall health. But first, I'd like to thank the sponsors who make this series possible. Glutathione is considered the master antioxidant and is the body's primary defense against harmful free radicals. Cetria glutathione uses a special patented fermentation process to enhance the glutathione content of our cells. To find products that contain this special form of glutathione, visit cetriaglutathione.com. Afia Plus is the newest tool in the fight to restore cellular health and function. This patented formulation contains the impressive herb Aurum palestinum and has been developed by Hyatt Life Sciences. To learn more, visit HyattLifeSciences.com. Also, Dr. O'Hara's Probiotics is a best-selling probiotic for more than 30 years and contains 12 probiotic strains that are shelf-stable, so no refrigeration required because of a unique three-year fermentation process. Learn more at drohirasprobiotics.com. And finally, the iThrive plan, which helps survivors create online, personalized, physician-approved wellness plans. The iThrive plan turns scientific information into personal transformation. Learn more at iThrivePlan.com. Now it's time to explore what it means to achieve whole health on a physical, mental, and spiritual level. My expert guest is Dr. Tracy Gaudet, who is the executive director of the Whole Health Institute. I first interviewed Dr. Gaudet when she was the executive director of the Veterans Health Administration's National Office of Patient-Centered Care and Cultural Transformation, which was a very innovative program with the VA. Dr. Gaudet, thank you for joining me so much. Oh, thanks, Carolyn. Great to be here. So before we dig into today's topic, I always like to have our listeners kind of get to know the guest a little bit more. And, you know, you're a conventionally trained medical doctor, and yet you embrace an integrative mind-body-spirit approach to health. Why did you choose that direction? Mm, It's a great question. Thanks for asking that. I, You know, I was not a typical... Um, pre-med person. As a matter of fact, I was so kind of turned off (laughs) by what I thought of as the typical pre-med and what I mean by that at an undergraduate level, hyper-competitive, you know, not very kind or compassionate people. To be honest, I wasn't even pre-med when I was an undergrad because I thought, ooh, like I don't want to, that's not my kind of thing. I was psychology and sociology undergrad, and but I always knew I wanted to go into healthcare. And as I searched for the best path forward after undergrad, I really got some great counseling from folks that said, look, if you want to be a part of making the system more compassionate and humanistic, if you can tolerate it, go to the MD thing because you'll just have more authority. You'll have more capacity to help change the system. 
Um, so that's kind of how I wiggled my way into the MD thing. <laughs> and it's been an interesting journey. Yeah, you know, I've followed your career and, and it's it's interesting to hear that because those people gave you some great advice because you have been, in fact, on the trajectory to change the system, you know, with Duke Integrative and then with your work at the VA and, and now with the whole Health Institute. So it seems like you've pretty much stayed course uh, when it comes to, to that goal and that mission personally. Yeah, it's been my passion and my mission really from earlier than I can remember. I, I don't actually know where that came from within me. It's not like I had a personal um, health crisis, which many people, you know, that's their transformational moment. But I have always felt really called to be a part of that. And I have felt very, very fortunate to be able to be in circumstances where I have, I think, contributed to, to showing that there's a much different way to partner with people and not have this physician at the top of the pinnacle and all the expert advice, but rather, you know, know that we're all human beings on this journey together. And yes, some of us have more knowledge about specific things than others, but the real wisdom lies with the person themselves. And um, that reorientation is what I'm really passionate about. Yeah, I mean, it shows in your work. Uh, you know, I, I I want to talk about the whole Health Institute, but I have a very close friend who went through your program that you helped create with the VA. And he, uh-huh. uh, and that, w- that was at a hospital, a VA hospital here in New Mexico, and he said it was transformative. Um, so congratulations. Aww. Yeah, congratulations Thank on that you. work. I mean, really impacting lives there. And now you're with the whole Health Institute. So what is the whole Health Institute? Well, we're just birthing ourselves. I'm an obstetrician gynecologist, Carolyn, so <laughs> I always yeah. use these birthing metaphors. Um, so I, you know, I love my work at the VA, and I was not looking to leave that work. Um, and so the question of what is the Whole Health Institute is important to me because it got my attention to the point that I thought, wow, I think this is the next thing I I need to do. So it is. We are standing the institute up, but the vision of the institute. Um, is really to bring whole health, and we can talk more about what that is, but, you know, just as you defined it, really, it's mind, body, spirit approach to health and well-being, to bring whole health to, to, to bold vision, all people in all communities. And so it's a huge vision, um, and I think that the reason the time is right for it now, Carolyn, and is that there's been so much transformational work happening in many different domains. You know, there's great people all around, not just the nation, but the globe driving this um, and people trying to change how we pay for healthcare and people trying to change how we educate healthcare providers and as well as how we deliver healthcare, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But it has not yet, in my opinion, all of those different efforts have been continued to be fairly siloed. So the opportunity for the Whole Health Institute is not to recreate any of that great work, but rather to help catalyze and synergize the work across these different systems so that we're not only training healthcare providers in a different model, but we're working with payers to reimburse for that approach as an example. So, so the Whole Health Institute has a big, bold vision, but it's definitely building on the great, amazing work that's already underway in so many different domains. Yeah, it does seem like things are pretty fragmented out there in, in mm-hmm. the world of, of healthcare and that there is a need 
to to have somebody or or several organizations pull things together. And and you're right, it's a it's a big bold mission. Um, so what's going to contribute to your organization's success? Ah, uh, well, I think I think what's going to contribute to our success is being really attentive to smart partnerships and partnering again. I think for any institute to think, oh, we're going to be the ones to do X, Y, or Z, especially when it's a big, bold vision, it doesn't work that way, right? I mean, if we're lucky enough to help catalyze the change, if we can convene other other partners and thought leaders that are doing this interesting work and build bridges, look for gaps that exist and fill the gaps where we can, but not do more of the same. Like there's great people doing the great work. So from my from my perspective, the real power is in partnerships. Um, so many people share this vision for what health really can be and well-being can be. And, you know, COVID has only made that more painfully obvious that it's more, it's so much more than um, just a system that deals with disease. Um, we have to address the whole person. Um, and the opportunity, I think, has never been more important than now to catalyze that change. So I really do think it's through strategic and aligned partners and synergizing the effort underway, um, looking for the places where great innovation is happening. But maybe, as you said, Carolyn, it's in a silo or it's maybe tucked away and, and the rest of the world doesn't know about it and elevating that and shining a light on that. So I really see us as um, kind of a, a catalyst, if you if you will. Yeah, I, I like that uh, term as well. I mean, it seems like this type of collaboration that that is a part of your vision is going to help hopefully fix a, a broken healthcare system, but it's also going to help the individual. And I, I know that the whole health uh, Institute also focuses on individuals and helping them uh, gain better health from a mind, body, spirit perspective. Absolutely. So let's dig into uh, some of, some of those specifics because um, I, I was looking on your website and we're going to talk a little bit about your website later, but uh, you have this whole health reflection tool. Tell us about that tool and tell us why you created it and how it can help people. Oh, thanks. So, you know, it's interesting. I really, um, when I reflect back on my, my own practice and what I've learned from so many patients, I think one of the more poignant ahas that I had has come from working with cancer patients in particular. And the reason I say that is because I cannot tell you how many of my patients um, who came to me already diagnosed with cancer and were wanting more holistic approaches um, as they went through that journey, how many people told me with un unsolicited, I didn't ask the question, but how many people told me that in many ways that this can their cancer diagnosis, as difficult as it was and is, was a blessing. And I was like, whoa, like, what? You're right. And, you know, like you hear that on the surface and it's just like, kind of like, what do you mean? You know? And, and again, not that it wasn't difficult and, and that some of those patients were on a, on a terminal path, but that they, what they spoke to me about Carolyn was how it brought into focus what really mattered to them in their life. Right. Like it, it caused them to stop in their day-to-day, -day, you know, churn and say, whoa, like, I don't know what this is going to mean or how this is going to end. And I bet I really want to pause and, and, and really get tuned into 
what brings me a sense of meaning and purpose in my life? Or what is my aspiration? Like, what, what do I want this life for? And they, they shared like how that changed this whole focus of their life and how they lived every day. I mean, it was amazing to me. And I stopped and I thought, you know, boy, if we could help people pause and reflect on that kind of a question, you know, hopefully before the, a diagnosis of such magnitude or a, a health crisis, but, but in any aspect of their life, if we could pause and reflect on what, what brings us a sense of meaning and purpose, or what is our aspiration, or what do we want this life for or this day for, and we, if we could actually make health care in service of that, in service of people living their fullest life, you know, whether they have a day or a decade, whatever that is, wow. Like, I, I love to think about healthcare being in service of people living their fullest life. So, so this reflection tool that you referenced what is just a simple tool, but it's designed to help people pause and take some time to reflect on some of these big questions, questions that you don't typically, when you're just going through your day, you know, getting through the day as challenging as that can be, we don't pause and think and reflect on those kinds of questions. So it's a tool just, it's really, you know, as we say, self-reflection to think about what really matters deeply to you, what brings you a sense of meaning and purpose in your life. It asks simple things like, you know, how is it, if you're just going to think about your mental well-being um, on a scale of one to five, where one is miserable, five is great, how is it today, you know? How about your physical health? How about your spiritual health? How is it to live your life? So that note, that reflection to me, that's the beginning of the journey, that then you can make decisions that are informed by your own wisdom and your own insight, which is so much more powerful than, you know, somebody else with the presumed expertise saying you should do this or you should do, we all know what we should do, but that doesn't usually lead to true well-being. So that's, that's the essence of that self-reflection tool. And we've used it in different versions, you know, across time. And um, we've always get the feedback and certainly in my own life that, wow, just pausing and paying attention to our own inner wisdom around this is really, really important and transformational. Oh, I would agree. I, I think you're right that we often don't take time to reflect. You know, with the iThrive plan, we talk about the iThrive plan a lot on the show, and um, there's a survey, and people often ask, you know, do people, are, are they uh, encumbered by the survey? Do they find it, uh, you know, monotonous? And we actually find that they love the survey. Because we're asking mm -hmm. them questions that they haven't thought about in a long time. And it sounds like that's what the whole health reflection tool does. You ask, you kind of tease out, um, you know, these things about purpose and, you know, uh, focusing on what matters. And, and you're absolutely correct with, with people who have been diagnosed with cancer. They're highly motivated to look at those questions. So, so that sounds right. like a great tool. Um, and it yeah. seems like that tool and other things that you're doing at the Whole Health um, Institute uh, then t goes to the next level and focuses on uh, self-care. And I'd like to talk to you a little yes. bit about self-care because, you know, right now, especially during these difficult times, um, self-care is so critical. And, and I do want to talk specifically about the pandemic. But in general, when it comes to self-care, 
my my question is, how do you prioritize what to focus on? Like, I know for me personally, you know, gosh, I could focus on my sleep because I, there are nights where I don't sleep as well. I could focus on a better diet because I might be, you know, a comfort feeding and et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> how do you focus on what you should be prioritizing or do you just have to yeah. prioritize it all? <laughs> no, no, no. I, I That's such a fabulous question because, you know, most of us, um, myself included, tend to, if somebody says, okay, what are you going to focus on? You know, which area of self-care, you know, are you going to focus on? We tend to think about what we should, you know, do. Actually, there's a friend of mine who says, stop shooting on yourself, <laughs> right? Like put <laughs> aside good. what you quote unquote should do. We all know what we should do. Oh, you know, I, if someone's obese, you should lose weight. If you're a smoker, you should stop smoking. And, you know, those things are medically true, but there is, of course, benefit to those actions. But guess what, right? There's this huge gap between that knowledge that's factually true and how we live our life day to day. So one of the big shifts around whole health is, yeah, we're going to be informed by what we should do, but that's not the driver. So what the driver is, in my opinion, is to go where you're drawn, right? So like you said, oh, I should sleep or nutrition or this or that. Well, of course, there's probably quote unquote improvements you could make in all aspects of your self-care. Anybody that's human, that's probably true. So one of the things we do in that self-reflection tool is ask people in the different areas of self-care to rate on the same scale, one to five, one's not miserable, five is great, where you think you are right now in that area of your health. So nutrition or rest and restore or relationships or movement or, you know, et cetera. And where, where do you think you are right now? You know, just honestly, without judgment. And then here's the important question. Where do you want to be? Because not everybody wants to be a five in every aspect of their health. Right. And so where is it that you're drawn to? Where is you like, you know, whether it's rational and evidence-based quote unquote, go where you're drawn. One of my friends says, go where the water is flowing. And part of the reason is that's where you're going to have success, right? So many examples of this, but just to share a few, I mean, you know, um, somebody that clearly needed to lose weight and, and she really said, you know what, my biggest issue really is my stress. So she went to the mind body stuff and really started using stress reduction techniques and, and started feeling better about her. You know where this is story's going, right? Started feeling better about herself, started being less stressed. And guess what? You know, over time, after getting some momentum there, she started eating less because of course her eating was related to her stress. So you can see these nonlinear ways that, that we can really do a much better job of taking care of ourselves if we if we follow where we're drawn, if we say, you know, I I'm wanting to focus on this area, whether it's evidence based or the biggest bang for the buck, medically does not matter. Start where you're drawn, and then you'll see other opportunities unfold, and you'll gain momentum and some confidence, and then all sorts of nonlinear wonderful things will happen. <laughs> 
Yeah, it's such a good point because I think you're right. Success comes with buy-in. It comes with the person yes. having input. You know, I know even for me personally, if somebody's like, "Oh, Carolyn, you should not do this, and you should do this," um, I immediately right. bristle. You know, um, I want to. I want to have some buy-in, I, and I love the uh, go where the water is flowing. Um, I, I think yeah, I'm gonna. I'm gonna remember that. that one. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. Do you have it? Do you have any other example? I mean, the weight loss is such a good example, and the stress. Any other examples of how um, you can use this philosophy or concept to kind of make small steps that can eventually lead to to big, great change? Well, you know, that's, of course, a foundation of behavior change, right, is if we can just make one small step, then it's unbelievable what can happen. So I'll tell you, I just want to share with you this great program, a colleague of mine, is doing actually with Walmart Associates. I'm not associated with Walmart, um, but Walmart is down is headquartered down here in Arkansas where the whole health institute is. And they started, the guy that's in charge, his name is David Hoke, and he's in charge of the, the Walmart, the health of the people working at Walmart. And he started this great program where people could share their stories about their life where they made one small change. And how that became like this ripple effect and impacted them. And they, I'm telling you, Carolyn, they have a book of these stories and they highlight and they share the stories from one person to the next. And the, the story he first told me, and literally it's like one step. So like somebody who like, like this woman that, that used to eat a bag of Doritos every day, like a whole bag, a big bag, not a little bag, <laughs> a big bag. And so she decided like if, if she could eat one less chip. So that was her goal. Like she's going to eat one less chip. She was going to leave one chip in the big bag. Right? <laughs> so she did that. And then she got a little confidence around it. So she started each day. Eventually she left one more chip in the bag until the whole bag was full, right? And she wasn't eating any of them. And, and oh, by the way, she lost a bunch of weight. And, oh, by the way, she started feeling better. You know, you, know, you see how this works. It's just mm-hmm. so inspiring. And the other thing that's inspiring is people sharing this, these stories. That's what was so great about that approach is that it, 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 everybody nationally started sharing their stories about one small change. And it gives people ideas. It gives people confidence. It helps you feel connected. Um, and that is so important. And I just love it. And I think it doesn't matter what area of self-care it's in. Pick something, one small change, and see what happens. I agree. And it's it's because it can be overwhelming. Honestly, sometimes when, mm-hmm. when people are thinking about self-care and everything that they have to do, want to do, whatever, um, it can be overwhelming. So when you hear these stories that, hey, wait a minute, it's just a small thing and I can do that. And then you're on that, right. that path, that trajectory. I, I think that's such good, good advice. Um, I, I would like to talk a little bit about the COVID-19 crisis because mm-hmm. obviously, you know, these are such difficult, difficult, challenging times. I mean, there are a lot of people who are anxious and, and frankly, there are a lot of people who are just suffering right now. Um, We're just trying the best we can to get through all this. So what advice do you have for us specific Mm -hmm. to the pandemic and coping through this pandemic? Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting that, um, I think, I think the most critical thing, of course, I couldn't agree more. It's, it's highlighted the suffering that's already exists 
currently, but then, you know, layered and layered and layered more, more difficulties um, and more suffering. And I think that the, I really think the most important thing, again, if we can't, you know, do all of the thousands of things that could help us, I really believe that the most important thing for us all to pay attention to is that whole mind body connection. And I can get more specific about that, but you know, as we know, even in normal times that the more stressed your body is and your mind, of course, the weaker your immune system, the more likely you are to get any kind of um, complication or infection or disease. It's kind of like, you know, if I tend to be prone to cancer and you tend to be prone to heart disease, um, stress both of us. Now, what you get and I get may look different, but it's definitely more likely for you to have a condition or be unwell if your body is compromised by chronic stress. So here we are already in a stressful culture now with a pandemic on top of it with layers and layers of stress. And I think the important thing for people to remember is that while the stressors are real, you can buffer the impact, the physical impact of that stress on your body, on your immune system, et cetera, by using stress reduction tools, by, by consciously every day. I mean, if I, you know, I'm writing a prescription, right? Every day, and if you're only going to do it once, probably before sleep is best because you'll get a more restorative sleep. Doing a, a stress reduction technique or tool that allows you to, for your body, even if your mind is stressed, for your body to come down, your body to be in a relaxed state, your heart rate, your blood pressure, everything drops, your immune function shifts. But to get disciplined about doing that on a regular basis is so important. And, you know, I'm sure you guys have lots of tools to suggest. There's simple ones like paced breathing. They're one of my favorites that many, many people use is this it just takes less than a minute. It's part of why it's great, which is, you know, an inhalation for four, a count of four, hold the, the breath for seven, exhale for eight, and do that four times. That simple breathing technique will result in a stress reduction relaxation response, which will help over, over time. It helps you feel better in the immediate, but it also helps protect your body from the chronic stress that we are in, which is really quite scary. It is. And that's, that can be kind of, it freaks me out, honestly, because I know I've written about the, the effects of stress on the body. And, um, so Mm -hmm. I, I start thinking, oh my gosh, I'm feeling stressed and, oh, I can't feel stressed because then I'm going to get sick and blah, you know what I mean? You start to stack and you, you know, so, so I, and I happen to, um, enjoy meditation and it seems like when I Uh, meditate, it's it I, I feel better and, and that practice works for me um, yes. so in addition to breathing what's and, and I'm I'm a nature girl I, I exercise outdoors almost every single day um, so th- those are two uh, uh, that I like yes. what, what are some others that you like in addition to the breathing exercises yeah absolutely well really simple there's a lot of if people sometimes are a little intimidated by meditation per se there are also more guided things like guided imagery which you can get tons of apps now on guided imagery a simple thing that i would also add is 
paying attention to what your body loves. What do your senses love? What fuels your senses? And so examples like what, what are there aromas that help you feel relaxed and at ease and you enjoy? Bring that into your, you know, your bedroom or your workplace. Uh, what, what do you visually find soothing and comforting? What sounds do you like? Is there music? Is there nature? Those kinds of things, just surrounding your senses with things that are comforting. I mean, I will notice, I'm very tactile. The first thing I love to do is get out of my work clothes and put something soft and something that makes me feel safe and comfortable. Those little things can actually have a big impact. Oh, I agree. Yeah, I think that that's great, great advice. Now, where can people find out more about the Whole Health Institute? Do you have a website that you'd like to share? Oh, you're sweet. We're just getting started. So it's it's what my tech guy says. It's just a landing page. We're just getting started, but we do have it. <laughs> it's called wholehealth.org. So the website's very easy, wholehealth.org. And, and also if people have questions or want to email us, you know, we have a web uh, um, email of info, I-N-F-O, at wholehealth.org. And we you can email us there if people have any specific questions or anything we can help with. Um, and, and keep an eye on the website because it's going to get bigger and better as we go with more and more tools um, for everybody that we would love to help in any way we can. I, I was just going to mention that because um, a couple months ago I checked it out and then I checked it out before this show and you've got new stuff. So I, I highly encourage uh, our listeners to write this down, wholehealth.org, O-R-G, and keep going back uh, because this is an organization on the move and they are going to help you and they are going to help our healthcare system. So wholehealth.org. Uh, Dr. Gaudet, as per usual, thank you so much for your information and for your hard work in the area of of integrative medicine. Thank you for joining me. Oh, thanks for having me, Carolyn. I appreciate it. Well, that wraps up this episode of Five to Thrive Live. Once again, I'd like to thank our sponsors, Cetria Glutathione, Hyatt Life Sciences Afia Plus, Dr. O'Hara's Probiotics, and of course, the I Thrive Plan. May you experience joy, laughter, and love. It's time to thrive, everyone. Have a great night. (laughs) 